Howdy, Huda Thunkers. This is the host of the Huda Thunkin' Podcast, Zeb, coming at you with episode 135, titled Giants of Old. Before we get into whatever the heck that means, Giants of Old, uh, let's do the recommendation segment. This week, I recommend you watch the series Welcome to Wrexham. Here's the plot. In Welcome to Wrexham, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds learn to run the third oldest professional football club in the world. In 2020, Rob and Ryan teamed up to purchase the fifth-tier Red Dragons in the hope of turning Wrexham AFC into an underdog story the whole world can root for. But the concern is that neither have an experience in football or working with each other. From Hollywood to Wales, from the pitch to the locker room, and the front office to the club, the docuseries will track Rob and Ryan's crash course in future club ownership and the inextricably connected fates of a team and a town counting on two actors to bring some serious hope and change to a community that could use it. So yeah, Ryan Reynolds, the guy who played Deadpool, and Rob McElhenney, the uh, the mastermind behind Always Sunny in Philadelphia, bought a uh, soccer team over in Wales, in the UK, and uh, one that's down on its luck. And it's... I didn't think I would like it at all, but I clicked on it. I like Ryan Reynolds. I like Rob McElhenney. That's the only reason I clicked on it. That's the only reason why I think a lot of people like this show, but it is, it's a critics like it. The fans like it. And I didn't expect to like it, but I loved it. By the time it was over, I thought, wow, damn, that's a good show. Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds made something special here. A sports documentary that also dives into what makes a community tick and what makes sports so special. My favorite episode, the one that got to me the most, was number 17. It's the second to last episode in season one. I think I think there's only one season one right now. At least that's what's all the only thing that's out on Hulu right now. Because um, I think originally it was created by FX, and then now it's on Hulu. Uh, but anyway, season one, episode 17, titled Romance, W-R-O-M-A-N-C-E. It's uh, an inside look at the unusual beginnings and dynamics of Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney's football friendship. I shed a tear at the end of this episode, the mental health specialist lady, like the whole premise of the episode was why do men like sports? Why did Rob and Ryan become friends? Why'd they buy this together? Why do men like sports? What makes sports special? What, what in the idea of masculinity, what, what's going on with sports? So they had this, this lady who's a mental health specialist. She wrote a book about masculinity and sports and, and why men, how make men's friends. And she's sitting there she's this really attractive lady and she's sitting there and she's on her couch and she's explaining, you know, how she went with Robin Ryan. She watched them interact and she watched the show and she just, she watches how men <laughs> greet each other. You know, there's never a full hug. It's usually sometimes a slap on a hand or, or fist bump or handshake or, <laughs> and she said it gives her anxiety. It was really funny, but this mental health specialist lady said she asked a patient of hers what he missed most about sports when the pandemic hit. You know, we had this weird social experiment where sports were shut down for like two years completely. And she said, as she asked one of her patients, you know, this big guy, what 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 do you miss about sports? She said a tear rolled down his face, an actual tear, as he said, I miss talking about it with my dad. And <laughs> that got to me because I can relate. It's just, I don't know. And then... <laughs> Right around when you get that tear-jerking moment, uh, the episode ends with Cat Stevenson's tear-jerker of a song, Father and Son, and it it just got to me. It's a special show. I'm getting a little choked up now <laughs> thinking about it uh, just because my relationship with my dad and sports. So, yeah. And this weird, <laughs> this weird show, this weird show with two comedic actors, I don't know, somehow brought that out. And also 
there's 18 episodes. They're an hour, like an hour each. So there's a lot to watch and there's a lot of different things. There's truly hilarious moments. Very few jokes didn't land. A few did because it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> he throws so much zany stuff out there, but check it out. It's it's more than you think. I'm not that big on the sports, not that big on sports documentaries. Um, but the thing that makes sports special, the, the people behind it, the show captured that perfectly. So check it out, even if you don't like sports. Now, <laughs> now for the main event. I was uh, per- perusing the usual social media platforms the other day when I stumbled upon an image of a really tall mummy. It propped up in between two living dudes. <laughs> the mummy's dead. Propped up in between two living dudes wearing suits. The image is grainy. It's, it's very obviously a very old image. And it's a black and white scale of color. And the caption read, In 1911, mummified remains were found by guano hunters in Levlock Cave, a large rock shelter in Nevada's Lake Lahontan region. According to legend, these skeletons belong to a cannibalistic tribe of red-haired giants known to the Paiute Indians as the Si-Te-Ka. These cannibals were at war with the Paiute until a number of tribes came together and trapped the the Sitekha in Lovelock Cave, starting a fire and asphyxiated them. So, yeah, this mummy is like, it, it appears to be like eight feet tall with a dude standing next to it, normal size. It's crazy. Um, and I was like, wow, something's got to go on there. This history meme thing had caught my attention and my curiosity, and I immediately saved the image to my big folder of notes on my phone called Who to Thunk It Ideas because I want to revisit it. But as I started to look into the into the photo and the Cite Ka people, I found not too much, which typically means it's not completely based in truth or at least not based in verifiable truth. <clears throat> According to ancient orange ugh, ancient origins.net, the legend goes like this. The Cite Ka or uh, Suduka <clears throat> Suduka literally translates to tool eaters in the northern Paiute language. The tool is a fibrous water plant which according to legends was woven by giants into rafts in order to escape attacks by the Paiute. Um, they used the rafts to navigate across which what remained then of Lake Lahontan, an ancient lake that once covered most of northern Nevada during the last ice age. As the Paiute tale goes, after years of warfare, all the tribes in the area joined together to rid themselves of the Siteka. Uh, one day as the Tribe chased down the last remaining red-haired giants, quote-unquote giants. They took refuge in a cave. The Paiutes demanded their enemy come out of the cave to fight, but the giants refused. The coalition of tribes proceeded to shoot arrows at them while starting a large fire at the mouth of the cave. The smoke drove out a few who died in a hail of arrows, while the rest were all either burned alive or asphyxiated. Over time, the entrance of the cave would collapse, leaving it accessible only to bats and cut off from human contact, which means what was ever in it would be preserved, right? So there is, what I what I found out about this was quite kind of interesting. I was like, that's a cool, I that's a cool concept. Abnormally tall, quote unquote, giants that were cannibals that were killed by a coalition of, like, it's a crazy story. So what I found out, there is a Lovelock Cave in Nevada. Shout out to my family in Nevada. Maybe next time I visit, we'll go check it out. No idea how far it is. Nevada is a big state, but there is a Lovelock Cave in Nevada that has been home to ancient humans for about 15,000 or since uh, 15,000 BC, according to radiocarbon dating methods. And when archaeologists went a digging in the late 1920s, they found some 10,000 archaeological specimens. That's a lot. That, that, 
For an archaeologist, that is a gold mine. One of which was a 15-inch long sandal. Who the hell needs a 15-inch long sandal? That's like... I don't know. They call it a foot because it's supposed to be about a foot. That's over a foot. That's like shack shoes. Today, many of the original artifacts found at Lovelock, but or many artifacts were found at Lovelock, but no giants can be viewed at a small natural history museum located in Winnemucca, Nevada. But the cave has been raided for artifacts by individuals who kept the specimen they found most interesting for their personal collections. So there is room for doubt for those willing to believe in the mythical giants. So archaeologists have gone to this cave that does exist, that has this story around it. They did find lots of cool stuff, which did corroborate some of the uh, an old Native American story, which is very rare. Usually he'll hear old stories and either there's like no evidence to back it up, so you can't prove any of it. There's no basis of the truth. This, they actually found basis of truth. There was a people that were, they don't know if they were asphyxiated, but people that died there, they did find a 15-inch sandal, but they didn't find any giant mummies. So what's going on here? But what about that image that I saw? You know, the image that took me on to all this with this 18, this eight foot tall giant with these dudes standing next to it. Well, pictures can be doctored. They don't know how, you know, <laughs> how accurate that picture is. They don't, cons- you know, scientists, archaeologists don't consider that hardcore evidence that these giant red haired people exist. Plus, they think the red haired part was due to the mummification process over the ancient you know, all that time being stuck in guano. It's a guano cave. If you don't know what a guano is, it's bat poop. It is very, po- very, um, you can use it for things, making gunpowder and all sorts of stuff. So they think all their mummies and dead bodies being, um, sort of, you know, uh, turned into little, uh, turned into mummies over time in that guano was what turned their hair red. So I don't know. Nope. Uh, this world of doctored images, just because there's a photo, doesn't make it real. Um, th- so it could be a doctored image. We don't know that that mummy's real, but that's the world we live in, where photos aren't shouldn't be taken as oh that's real. Like King Kong isn't real. We have tons of photos of him because they were made that way. I have another photo as an example here. If you look on the blog, but if you don't, I'll explain it. There's a bunch of citizens sta- sitting around, standing around. And there's a guy who's like 20 feet tall. <laughs> looks like a sumo wrestler, gigantic. And it's it did circulate. Conspiracy theorists went mad for a little bit. And they're like, what is going on? And the photo is called Giants in Japan. The image you see on that you can see on the blog if you just or if you just Google Giants in Japan is still is a still shot from some archive footage from Japan. It, it shows a dude who looks like, you know, 11 feet, 12 feet tall, walking around all these average height citizens. <laughs> it's very, he, like they all come up to his waist <laughs> and he is immense, like lots of muscle. The claims behind the grainy black and white footage are that it is top secret footage that came out of Japan in the 1800s before film was even invented. <laughs> and that it captures the exist, existence of biblical Nephilim giants. <laughs> So some kind of biblical giant, you know, I will admit it does look sort of convincing. And my curious brain that wants to so badly believe in fairy tales, giants and other mythical creatures got excited the first time I saw it. I was I was excited. But the Giants of Japan footage is not from mysterious archival footage. It is from a 2007 Japanese movie titled Big Man in Japan. (laughs) It's a really weird movie. I did not watch the movie. I did watch the trailer. 
<laughs> and it looked crazy. <laughs> but <clears throat> regular modern day visual effects, movie effects, are what created this this footage that looks like archival footage. Um, and yeah, it got people. It was a hoax. I found the Giants in Japan video and was all excited, but I did a quick Google search and found that the reliable Snopes.com had debunked the footage quite definitively. That's a good side note here. That's a good resource for you. If you're ever looking at something, you're like, is this real? Go to Snopes.com, S-N-O-P-E-S.com. There's just a, a team of researchers that their whole, the whole reason for that, that website to exist, Snopes.com, it's a debunk stuff, and it's very reliable. Check it out. So I found out on Snopes.com, Giants in Japan video, not real. I saw this movie trailer, realized the Giants in Japan footage was a hoax. Sadly, my excited brain that wished for a more mysterious world went back to not believing in Giants just as quickly as it had started to believe in them a mere few seconds. But that isn't to say Giants don't exist entirely. Hear me out. There are There may not be evidence to support the existence of a race of giants but we do have giants among us go to an nba game go to any professional sports game really and stand there next to players they are so damn tall it will blow your mind just because you're a regular person the tallest person alive today sultan kosen born 10 or the 10th of december 1982 is a turkish farmer who holds the guinness world records for the tallest living male at 251 centimeters that's eight feet two inches of well, eight, eight, eight feet, 2.8 inches. So like eight foot three of Kurdish ethnicity. He is the seventh tallest man in history. The shortest person alive today, the current world's shortest man is Edward Nino Hernandez of Colombia, who measures 28.3 inches, just 28 inches tall. <clears throat> His mother said he has not grown since the age of two. And the world average height is five, five foot, six so yeah compare that and also i love saying the world average because i'm like five foot six and a half which makes me a little bit over average but in america i'm a short dude <laughs> but anyway average dude in the world five six shortest dude in the world 28 inches just barely not even a foot and a half tall <laughs> the tallest dude in the world living today eight feet almost three inches there's such a there's such a, a wide range there that well, you, you you'll see where I'm getting with this. We today have what look like giants walking around us. From a National Geographic report back in 2004, scientists have found skeletons of a hobbit lo- hobbit like species of human that grew no larger than a three year old modern child. The tiny humans who had skulls about the size of grapefruits live with pygmy elephants and Komodo dragons on a remote island in the in, in Indonesia 18,000 years ago. Australian and Indonesian researchers discovered bones of the miniature humans in a cave on Flores, in <clears throat> an island east of Bali and midway between Asia and Australia. Scientists have determined that the first skeleton they found belongs to a species of human completely new to science, named Homo floresiensis, after the island in which it was found we're gonna call him homo flores that's what i'm gonna call it the tiny human has also been dubbed by dig workers as the hobbit after tiny creatures from the lord of the rings books the original skeleton a female uh stood at just one meter 3.3 feet tall weighed about 25 kilograms 55 pounds and was about 30 years old at the time of her death 
18,000 years ago. The skeleton was found in the same sediment deposits in, on Flores that have also been found to contain stone tools and the bones of dwarf elephants, giant rodents, and Komodo dragons, lizards that can grow to 10 feet and that still live today. Homo Flores have been has been described as one of the most spectacular discoveries in paleo and th- paleoanthropology in a half a century, and the most extreme human ever discovered. The species inhabited Flores as recently as 13,000 years ago, which means it would have lived in the same time as modern humans, scientists say. So here's where I'm going with all this. Tallest living guy, 8.8 feet, 3 inches. Shortest living guy, 28 inches. Most people in the world are 5 foot, 6 inches. There, We found a race of people that were alive the same time as us modern humans were, that on average were three feet tall. <laughs> Archaeological evidence of a hobbit species, how fascinating. Imagine if a modern human stumbled upon a member of the Homo flores subspecies. The Homo sapien would be the giant in that situation. Evolution plus time makes for some pretty magical life forms. It isn't entirely out of the realm of possibility that there is an un- undiscovered subspecies, I'm not saying they still exist, but maybe an extinct undiscovered subspecies that existed that grew in the opposite way other than these Homo flores. Think about it. You have the Homo flores people. They probably were on an island. A lot of short people. They made it. They made shorter people on and on and on. What if it went the other way? What if a whole bunch of tall people got together, made it, had tall kids, their kids, kids? That's what I'm saying. Maybe at some point giants did exist. Not like some weird mythical beings that had like magic beans like Jack and the Beanstalk, but really tall people, a tall clan of people. If you take people who are from, you know, South America, typically very short, like small, relatively shorter people, and you took them to Norway, which typically are really tall people, there's a difference there, but yet we're the same species. I'm not saying giants are a different species, but I do, I'm saying a different species of giants exist, but I am saying It makes sense why there's so many stories here. Consider the story of a real-life giant, the tallest man ever recorded, Robert Pershing Wadlow. He lived from 1918 to 1940, also known as the Alton Giant or the Giant of Illinois. He was a man who was the tallest person in recorded history, for whom there is irrefutable evidence. We got videos of him, pictures of him. Many people recorded him. It was just recent enough that we were able to figure this out. He was born and raised in Alton, Illinois, a small city near St. Louis, Missouri. Wadlow's height was 8 feet and 11.1 inches. That's 2.72 meters tall. While his weight reached 439 pounds or 199 kilograms at his death at the age of 22, his great size and his continued growth in adulthood were due to hypertrophy of his pituitary gland, which results in an abnormally high level of human growth hormone, HGH. Even by the time of his death, There was no indication that his growth had ended. If Robert Wadlow somehow stumbled upon a village of the Homo Flores people, it would blow the minds of everyone involved. Yet we know those things exist. How could a Homo, let's say a Homo Flores subspecies, someone's like three feet tall, or even the uh, Hernandez guy from Columbia who's 28 inches tall, just met Robert Wadlow at eight feet, 11 inches. Giants, they exist, (laughs) just not in the way, in the magical way. 
Just as the Homo flores evolved over time, mating with smaller and smaller versions of humans until their average height was just over three feet tall in their little island and about 55 pounds, why couldn't it be possible that people with Robert Wadlow's rare condition might have met up, mated slowly over time, evolved to live with their hyper hypertrophic pituitary glands their children and children's children would likely be very tall until you had an entire community of what we would essentially refer to as giants so what i'm saying to you my huda thunkers you don't need magic for this to realize this world is already magical as hell we already have crazy stuff going on look at what already exists you don't need to speculate and and get all conspiratorial conspiracy theories and well, the giants do exist. They live in the they live in the hollow earth theory, and there's a flat. No, 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 no. Just look at the fact that there was a dude eight feet and eleven inches tall. I got pictures of it all over the blog. You can just Google it. Robert Wadlow, dude, was immense. So there are really tall and really short people that exist. What's my point? Here is my thought, and I know I'm not the first one to think it. But what if interactions of ancient Homo sapiens with these subspecies? were told through verbal stories and passed down from generation to generation until someone wrote them down. By the time these verbal stories of hobbits and or giant subspecies or centaurs or what have you were finally written down, there were likely lots of exaggerations and made-up parts that led people to dis discount those stories as complete myths. This is typically how my mind works when I hear an ancient myth or tale. I start speculating on what possibly could have caused this story to come about. It is based on some far distant and diluted truth, maybe. It is a fun headspace to be in as long as you don't start mistaking your speculations as fact. So for today's episode of Giants of Old, I wanted to go over various ancient legends of giants with you. See if I, or even you, could draw some speculative connection between these tales and a possible basis of truth. Possible basis of truth. No fact here. But... Yeah, here we go. Atlas the giant who holds up the sky. We've all heard about it. Zeus... He fought the Zeus and the gods, fought the ancient Titans, and Zeus condemned Atlas to hold up the sky for eternity. During the Twelve Labors of Hercules, one of his famous quests was to find the golden apples of Hesperides. Atlas altered, or offered to go and fetch the apples for Hercules if he could take his place holding up the sky. Atlas duly retrieved the apples and was about to take them to uh, Eurythesius uh, when Hercules asked if Atlas would mind just holding the sky again for a minute while he got comfortable. Of course, as soon as Atlas had reshouldered his heavy burden, Hercules made off with the apples and continued with the tasks, leaving Atlas with his interminable duty. So, Atlas, do I think that gods and uh, a race of giants fought and, you know, Atlas is holding up the sky? No, that's not how the sky works. <laughs> You don't need to hold up the sky. It's air. It's, it weighs a lot less than the stuff we're standing on, but has a lot less mass. But where could that come from? I don't know. Maybe there's so sm such a small kernel of truth behind that legend of Atlas and the Titans and the, and the gods that maybe thousands and thousands of years ago, before the ancient Greeks, there was a battle between a community of people who were really tall. Maybe people from up north fought people from near the equator who are typically shorter. I don't know. Another uh, legend involving Atlas is a fun little side story featured the hero Perseus, which I didn't know about this, who encountered Atlas in the northwest region of Africa. Atlas tried to scare Perseus away, and so Perseus took Medusa's severed head from his bag. When Atlas saw the terrible Gorgon, he turned to stone, becoming the Atlas mountain range. So there's an actual mountain range named after Atlas after this Greek story. So I thought that was kind of cool. 
There's also Baylor, the one-eyed god of death in in Irish mythology. What sort of people could the Irish people come across? I don't know. The ancient Celts, maybe. Baylor was the king of the Fomorians in a race of giants who were said to be clearly settlers of Ireland. Baylor, much Baylor, much like the Cyclops, was a one-eyed giant and the god of death. Whoever was caught in his gaze would die instantly. Due to this unfortunate tendency, Baylor kept his single eye closed until his terrible power was needed. According to a prophecy, it was said that Baylor would be killed with his own grandson, by his own grandson, and so he imprisoned his daughter, Ethelin, in a crystal tower in a vain attempt to prevent her having any offspring. However, before long, uh, Cain, a minor god, snuck in and impregnated Ethelin and all this other stuff. So what's going on here? Perhaps the ancient Irish people did come across a Celtic guy that had one eye and he was really tall. Who knows? My whole point here is there is stories of giants in every ancient culture. We have drunken Norse god, Hrungnir. <laughs> there are countless giants in Norse legends, and Hrungnir is one of the biggest and baddest. One day, Odin, the legend, the leader of the Norse gods of Asgard, challenged Hrungnir to a horse race. Odin rode his super-fast eight-legged steed, Stratnir and Hjungnir rode his standard-legged horse, a Gullfaxi. Unsurprisingly, Stepnir outran Gullfaxi and led him into the realm of Asgard, where, feeling sorry for the loser, Odin invited Hungrier for a drink. Unfortunately, Hungrier uh, was not a good drunk and had soon become belligerent and argumentative, claiming that he could kill all of the gods of Asgard except for the goddess or goddesses Freya and Sif, whom he would carry off uh, with uh, Jotunheim to Jotunheim to, uh, you know, do things with because he's a giant and it's Asgard and he would do things with goddesses. Anyway, becoming tired of Hrungnir's arrogance, the other gods called upon Thor, who challenged Hrungnir to a duel. Hrungnir uh, agreed, and on the day of the fight, he turned up clad in some armor and carrying a giant whetstone of a weapon. So just a big-ass stone. Thor threw his the trusty hammer Mjolnir and it smashed through both the whetstone and Hrungnir's head and the latter fell into his death or fell to his death it is said that the fragments of the whetstone fell to earth and become the flint we see around us today so I love legends that actually tie into what we do today the, the story with Atlas becoming the Atlas mountain range in Africa the story of the uh, Hrungnir's whetstone being what flint is actually made of scattered all over the world so people take I don't know they take real world teeny little kernel of truth and turn this giant storytelling thing because we we humans are storytellers now, and then there's Yentil, the heathen giants. Yentil are giants from the mythology of Basque region of France and Spain, and are said to represent the pagans who inhabited the, the land before Christianity. Yentil were enormous, strong, and hairy, and loved to throw rocks because of this. They were thought to have built the many megalithic stone circles and dolmens in the Basque region, sort of like uh, Stonehenge. However, one Yentil survived um, all this onslaught and everything. Uh... According to the legend, the Yentil died out of a after a huge bright cloud appeared heralding the birth of Jesus and the frightened Yentil did not want change and ran down the mountains and hid in a dolmen never to return. Then there's Goliath, the biblical giant. If you're if you are a Christian or raised Christian, you've heard of Goliath. It's it's a very famous story because it's it tells a good tale, it tells you not to be not to be uh, downtrodden in the face of adversity. Goliath, uh, David and Goliath. 
Goliath was a biblical giant defeated against the odds by the shepherd boy David with a sling and a rock. <laughs> Described in the book of Samuel, Goliath was a Philistine champion from the city of Gath, which was where an ancient race of giants were said to originate. So even in the Bible, they're said, like, it wasn't saying it as a joke. They thought that there was an actual community of giants. The exact size of Goliath is debated, but it seems he was either six feet tall, eight feet tall, nine feet tall, seven. Either way, he was a lot bigger than his seemingly puny opponent, David. He's also described in the Bible of being clad in an imposing amount of bronze armor. So the whole, was he six feet tall, eight feet tall, nine feet tall, seven feet tall? We know of a dude who was like literally half an inch away from nine feet tall. So it's it's very possible that Goliath was nine feet tall. Maybe the story that he came from a community of giants is less likely, but not impossible. So I don't know. Then there's uh, Polyphemus, the one-eyed Cyclops. And I am paraphrasing. If you want to see all the stories of these giants on here, go to the blog. There's a lot more to them. Uh, I didn't want to go over them because we're already come up on the 30-minute mark. Polyphemus is perhaps the most famous of the Cyclopses, uh, the one-eyed giants. From Greek mythology, according to Homer's legend of the Odyssey, Polyphemus was the son of the sea god Poseidon and the sea nymph Thusa. He lived in an island of Sicily with his few with his fellow Cyclops, where he tended a flock of sheep. Uh, when the great adventurer Odysseus uh, landed on the island, he introduced himself to Polyphemus as no one. The Cyclops sees Odysseus and his men and trapped them in a cave covered by a giant boulder. He also began eating them, because that's what Cyclops do. Then there's the Oni from Japanese giant. There's Japanese giant demons in Japanese folklore. Oni are often uh, hideous giants in demon form. They're depicted looking fearsome with red or blue skin, three fingers and toes and grotesque horns. They are also often naked, save for a loincloth made from the pelts of wild beasts. Described as super strong, they're also very keen on human flesh. Oni usually live in a hell live in hell, having been sent there and transformed into Oni for living in an evil life while on Earth. However, the very worst kind of Oni are those who are so unspeakably wicked that they are turned into Oni while still living and roam the Earth causing misery to others. Japanese people traditionally celebrate the uh, Setsubun Festival in the spring to drive out the Oni. During the festival celebrations, uh, celebrations soybeans are thrown in the air to ward off any lurking three-fingered beasts. So, I thought Onis are pretty cool, especially because I play a lot of Japanese video games where you fight them, so Oni are, those Oni are pretty wicked looking. And they usually have, like, huge teeth that are, like, horns curling out of their mouth, you know, Japanese style. Pretty cool. Then there's the Gogmagog, the last British giant. Now, whenever I think of a giant, this is usually what I picture, either the, the British giant or the, uh, the, what I say back there, those, um... The gentle, the French and Spanish ones throwing rocks and stuff. Just because I was raised Christian, and uh, this, these are the giants I've heard about, especially Goliath. But whenever I think of them, I do think of British giants. Gog Magog is said to have been the last giant in the British Isles. The source for most of our information on him comes from the Welshman Geoffrey of Monmouth, who in circa 1136 wrote Historia uh, Regnum Britanniae, the history of the kings of Britain in which he describes how early Britain, then called Albion, was inhabited by a race of giants. Uh, one such giant was a 12-foot-tall Gogmagog, a rough and strong being who, being who could uproot an oak tree as if it were a twig. One day, a group of giants, including Gogmagog, attacked Brutus, 
a descendant of the Trojans of Greece, who had claimed Albion as his own. The giants killed many Britons before they too were killed and only Gog Magog survived. Brutus took Gog Magog to his second in command, Corinius, the founder of Cornwall, who was a keen giant wrestler. <laughs> the two began to wrestle and Gog Magog used his brute strength to crush three of Corinius's ribs. Corinius was so enraged by the injury that he quickly picked up the giant and ran with him up a hill, finally throwing him to his death off a cliff. And thus it said, ridding Britain of the last giant. Oh, <laughs> he's a, that old Corinius founder of Cornwall. He's a, a giant wrestler. He likes to wrangle them giants. Then there's Kumbaku Karna, the giant with a giant appetite. Kumbaku Karna is a giant demon featured in the Hindu epic, the uh, Ramayana. The Kumbaka Karna uh, was <laughs> was giant in size and giant in appetite. But due to a trick played by the goddess uh, Sarasvati, uh, his tongue was tied so that when he tried for to ask, tried asking for a blessing instead. Uh, he asked for a bed, and as a result, he was doomed to sleep for six months of every year. So, <laughs> anyway, so there's giants in Hindu culture. There's Orion, the guy you can see up in the stars right now. Many different legends surround the Greek giant Orion. In one version, he is an egotistical hunter who brags that he can kill any beast alive. On hearing of his boast, a tiny scorpion stings Orion, and he falls down dead. Another story is that uh, this, like Scorpio, Orion. Another story is that Orion was left blind after he tried to take a Merope as his wife against the will of her father to regain his sight. Vulcan, as a dude who lives in uh, volcanoes and, and like makes weapons and stuff, he's like a blacksmith. Vulcan bid his friend Cadalian uh, to sit on Orion's shoulders and led him toward the east where the sun god dwelled. As the sun rose, Orion's sight was restored by the beams. <laughs> Which. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Blindness cured by looking at the sun when it comes up. That'd be great. Orion then went to live and hunt with Diana, but her brother Apollo grew jealous of their close relationship, and when Orion was walking through the water with his head above the waves, Apollo bet Diana she couldn't hit the far distant form on the horizon. Taking the bait, Diana released a slew of arrows and fatally hit Orion, but when he waves, when the waves washed his body ashore, she realized her grave mistake. Weeping over the loss of Orion, she had him placed in the sky among the stars as the constellation Orion. It's kind of a nice little story behind the constellation. And the last giant I'll be going over for this weird hosh posh episode. It was, it was such a weird idea. I totally want to do the whole episode on those Cite Ka people. And then I realized not much evidence to suggest that they exist. I thought they were fun. And then I, I found that old, I was looking at giants, like evidence of giants is what I Googled. And I saw that giants in Japan, bullcrap hoax. And I was like, I remember seeing that years ago and <laughs> realizing then it was crap. So what turned into what would have been an episode that would have been about mummies, <laughs> these mummies that they found in 1911, about these ancient red haired cannibals that, that hunt, there was a war with the Native Americans uh, that I had very little information on turned into uh, okay, let's talk about other giants and why some of them are hoaxes and all that stuff. So I don't know. Then I started going over, there's giants everywhere and the tallest person alive. And <laughs> it's a bit of a hosh posh episode, but anyway, giants of old. I hope you enjoyed. W what do you think? Is there any basis of truth behind any of these myths? Let me know on anchor.fm 
That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M, where I have been leaving a Q&A for you to write in. It's kind of cool. I ask a question. You can write an answer. I'll see it, and I'll bring it up in the next episode. I promise. Je parle me. Um, that's, I'm pretty sure that's French for I promise. Anyway, thanks for listening, Huda Thunkers. Until next time. Thank you.